Well, I'm so excited that you're here to join me for Voice of Breakthrough, this podcast. Podcast. So we are going to hit some powerful topics. Every single week, we will be having a new podcast with a new topic. So get ready. I'm telling you, this is great to exercise to. This is powerful to uh, listen to when you're cleaning your house or cooking at dinner or cutting the grass, which you turn up loud on your, you know, your, your little iPhone or whatever you have there. Anyway, you're going to love this powerful, life-changing, every single week podcast of Voice of Breakthrough. Once you really listen, the anointing's here to help you hear this. You don't all have to go through a major trial to get to this. And if you have something in such a place of blocking you, a major trial and not get the victory. And then may try to make it worse. And so I want to tell everybody, even those watching, how, what does it mean to be close to God? So first of all, I want you to think of the relationship that you have with somebody where you get to be yourself for real. You really enjoy that relationship. And if that relationship wasn't there, it would be really hard. Like a relationship you really, really would really miss and definitely want that person in heaven to have that relationship again. Think about, and don't, don't make up what society says should be your greatest relationship or whatever. What is a relationship that you can be yourself, really enjoy, and they can be themselves that you have? I'm not talking codependency. I'm not talking this is how it should be. I'm talking about a real relationship. Now, if you don't have one of those, if you really don't have one of those, Satan has hurt you and wounded you to such a place where he has you isolated. And all your relationships are about just not being lonely or doing what somebody else wants. And... If that relationship was over, you just move on to another relationship. And if you got real serious and you looked at all your relationships, none of them are very real. None of them are really that good. It's more about doing stuff than being with someone. Let me say it again. If your relationships is more about doing stuff than being with someone, there's something really wrong. If your relationship's more about this is how you're supposed to do it, instead of this is how much you want to do it, something's wrong. If you see relationships so wrong, then you really don't understand a relationship with God. And I kind of recommend you go after a real relationship with God and he'll fix all your other relationships. Because going after a relationship with God is he is faithful to his word He's not a man that he can change. He's not a man that he can lie. You already know in that relationship he's right every time. And you can also know that his word is 100% true. 
This is going to be really, let me tell you, this is going to change some of your lives because some of you keep trying all the formulas and all the things. And truthfully, if you really look, and, and most of you, anyone who's gotten some healing, you could really say, no, I really know I love this relationship now. I would really miss this relationship now. And some of you say, well, I love this relationship. I know I'm still kind of selfish in that relationship. I'm talking about get to a place where you make a determination. If you really do that, and it's, it may be, it's going to change your whole life. It's going to change your whole journey. It's going to change how you spend your time. If, if you're, if you fall in love with Jesus for real, now he gives us this in the book of Revelations. And how many know we're in the book of Revelations as, as the world right now? And he tells you what is going to take away the lampstand. He rebukes those who knew him and know him and do a lot of good works. But he's not their first love. He's not their first love. So I really encourage you to begin to ask the Holy Spirit, ask without doubting. Some of you need to break through that the devil determines what you believe instead of God and his word. Plain and simple. You've got to choose that. As long as the devil can keep you feeling like not for you, then guess what? Not for you it is. I just want you to know that. What you believe dictates what you receive. That's why I like the faith movement. That's why the devil attacked the faith movement, even though they used it a lot for money and healing and all that. At least they believed. I didn't realize how much the, quote, word in the self-righteous movement of the Baptists or whatever. Oops, I'm online now. But it's about what you do, what you do, what you do, what you do, what you know, what you know. And then they got mad when the faith people came along, and all of a sudden the faith people are actually believing in supernatural power from a powerful God to do what he promises. And then some people decided that what they wanted was money. And some people decided that they wanted to believe for health and healing. Well, thank God at least they believe we can have money and healing and restored families. It's part of the process of come on, let's go there. But God's calling us to this place to recognize I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit Remember, ask believing without doubting and it's done for you. I want you to get that. That's a promise, okay? Everybody delete everything religious you've ever learned that's not in God's word. And delete all the failures you've had. Delete all the things you've tried for years and years and years and years and it didn't work. Just forget it. Just forget it. And go, see, Get excited about opening the Bible and asking the Holy Spirit to teach you. But make your priority. Ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I don't even know. You may be like, I don't even know how to do this. But Holy Spirit, I want you to become very real to me. So help me to get to know you. And Holy Spirit, I would like for you to really help me to have a real relationship with Jesus Christ all the way to the place where I really, really know him. And Holy Spirit, on the journey, and this isn't all going to happen in a day, just so you know, I really would like to know the Father. And so I'm here today, Holy Spirit, 
to, to, for some of you to keep the journey, to get back in the journey, some of you to start the journey. So I'm going to pray. And if you agree, pray it out loud. If you don't, then don't. Because you don't play with God. I mean, you play with God when you learn how to get drunk in the Holy Spirit and you have a good time playing with God. It's called delight yourself in the Lord. He'll give you the desires of your heart. But I feel like, I feel like the Lord's like breaking through this morning for some of you been crying out. God, I want to know you more. I want this to be more about a relationship with you than hidden knowledge. I want this to be more about a relationship with you than just getting me through a trial. And so this message is for you. Some of you are like, I don't even think I want to know. Well, it's about time you get hungry to want to know. And you need to get rid of anything that stands in the way from that. So just, I'm going to say it first. And then if you, if you want it. Now you're talking to Holy Spirit. He's in this room. You can feel his presence. So if you want this, I just want you to pray after me. And let me pray the whole little thing. Because I want you to hear what I'm praying I want you to pray, Holy Spirit, I want a real relationship with you. And Holy Spirit, I want to really get to know you. I want to understand your place in my life. I actually want to be led by you. And I repent of following anything but you, Holy Spirit. I repent for thinking hidden knowledge is the same as following you. And I believe with all my heart that you are able to break through anything that stands in the way of my following you and knowing you. And I'm in agreement for you to break through that thing and rescue me. And Holy Spirit, I want to really know Jesus. I want to really have him as a friend. I want to get so close to him. So I'm asking you in faith, believing, not doubting, that I'm going to begin to have a relationship with Jesus that's greater than anything I ever thought possible. And on this journey, Holy Spirit, it would be wonderful to get to know the Heavenly Father. And to become someone who can ask the Father believing He hears me. And he loves me just as he loves his son, Jesus. And he wants to be that real in my life. So in this year, 2024, for those of you who don't know, in the Jewish holiday that just started uh, about a week ago, I want my whole life to be yielded to you. I want to draw close to you. And I believe you'll draw near to me. In Jesus' name.
Amen. Now, first thing, you should expect change. You should expect change. And I, for the Holy Spirit to do this in your life and it not be fake, it not be a counterfeit, he's going to show you things that stand in the way. We have to have the old people turn off their old sounding phones. I mean, either put some praise music on or cows mooing or something a little more interesting than um, those old-fashioned dings. At least if my, at least if my phone goes off with every praise, we start a, you know, we start a worship service. But anyway, was that Caleb? Caleb, you old man. Anyhow. <laughs> So, I don't want you to back away when you start getting close to God. And so, he'll show you, so there's no formula, but I encourage you, no matter what, every day, open your Bible. Now, I personally love the Passion Translation because he spells so many things out that I think will help a lot of you. So I like, the, I like John. I like, of course, I'm married to John. But I like, I like the book of John. If, if I picked my, my personal favorite gospel, I love them all, but the book of John. And you can pick whatever you want. But when you go to take time, always and seriously mean this, Invite the Holy Spirit to teach you. Like, like recognize, he's real. He lives inside if you're born again. Most of you are, if not all of you. And he's real. So, and don't try to get heavy-duty revelation, okay? Wait till he gives you revelation. You don't try to get revelation. He gives revelation. But ask Holy Spirit to really reveal Jesus to you and make him real to you. And so then you can start reading anywhere you want, but um, so, and you can read either, any translation. In the very beginning, the living expression was already there. I actually don't like the way he words that one, to be honest. Let me go literal. In the beginning was the word. Now, I see why he says living expression. It's not like a word that you see written down. But I love, I, love causing Jesus, I love calling Jesus the word. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And then you stop for a second, and you say, and you can look it up in different translations. You say, well, let me get this, Holy Spirit. So in the very beginning, before they're, they're from the, now the beginning we're talking about here is always, because nobody understands the whole God thing that way. People are so confused. Well, when did God start? Who cares? He started. Praise God. He's always been. You, 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 want, you want to act as if, as if because you can't understand. It's kind of funny. You know, atheism is kind of funny because it's like, well, because nobody could tell us when God began, then we just think everything keeps happening. 
Well, how about if we get the revelation God's always been? I mean, okay, just handle it. God's always been. Where did he come from? He's always been. And that is wild, really, isn't it? You don't have to. It's a, it's a fact. God has always been. And he'll always be. I mean, what other, there's no logic you're ever going to get to a God thing. I mean, but but there, it's not logical to say, well, there is no God because we don't know where he began. Well, where did you begin? To say it's illogical because you can't figure out where God began and we know something happened because we're all here, right? And so you can't figure out where you came from. But guess what? It's not illogical to know that God's always been. Our little brains can't handle it, but that's what makes him God and not us. That is the difference. God is not a creation. God's not a creation. And that's what it talks about getting a reprobate when you start to try to make the creation more important than the creator. And if they do find anything that happened millions and millions of years ago, so what? God's been around forever. That doesn't do away with who he is. Does this help? This is what our kids need to get. So help, you get it. Get that in your spirit. So when, when I'm asking God to teach me, and I see this. So in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Let's see what the other one. Let me go back to the passion. In the very beginning of the living expression was already there. And the living expression was with God, yet fully God. I do like that now. I just like the word word. So in the very beginning, the word was already there. And the word was with God, yet fully God. They were together face to face from the very beginning. And through his creative inspiration, this living expression made all things, for nothing has existed apart from him. So when, when you start looking at John here, he gets right into when Christ stepped out from the Father and began to create everything, because Jesus is the word of God. Jesus came forth from the Father and began to create everything, and it all started. We don't know at what point in his foreverness that started. We kind of know maybe the point that he started the earth, but we don't know what he started before that or if he started, you know what I mean? We don't know. We're going to have a long time having fun in heaven, aren't we? Or when heaven comes here, learning all these things. We all think we're going to get there knowing everything. Are you kidding? We're going to come in with the big diapers on. <laughs> yeah, like, here they come. <laughs> it's like, okay, what are we going to do for the rest of eternity? Well, you don't even, you, you will never be able to catch up with all before you. That's going to keep going way forever. But now you're in for the ride forever. It almost makes you tired. It should make you so excited that God... What, and all that God was doing, think of, and all that God was doing, I want, I want you to see this, Drew. And all that God was doing, he decided to have this time on the, to create this place for humans to live. He decided to have you be one of them. And when he did that, he decided all of us to be one of them. And we all get to choose Jesus or not. The people who are the most 
really damaged by the enemy are those who do not choose Jesus Christ because they get to burn forever in pain and fire, which you won't be because you love Jesus. And think about it, out of always, 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 at some point in time of all this amazing always, God says, ooh, let's do this. And he already had the whole story laid out before it started. Even the cross, redemption, uh, the new heaven. He had it all laid out. He's so amazing. And in all of that, he decided to give this one little part of his creation an opportunity to share eternity with him. But to do that, they had to be made in his image and his likeness, which meant they could never die, which is the only reason there's a hell. And, and for the creators he made in heaven who also can't die. Spirit beings can't die. So there had to be a hell for spirit beings and then there had to be a hell now because human beings were going to have a spirit. Don't be shocked if our dogs aren't there, but I'm just saying. How many know God can handle that? <laughs> There'll be animals, but it don't mean they'll be the ones from here. I'm just saying. There's no scripture. Everybody get over it. Okay. <laughs> They're going, to be, they're going to be great. They're going to be wonderful. I'm just saying it's not in the Bible. So I, he does say ask anything, believe without doubting. So whatever, maybe he'll throw a little spirit in your animal right when they conk out of here. I don't know. But anyhow, I'm just, we don't need to make stuff up because it's going to be so good. Maybe the worst thing he ever prayed was have something that wasn't created to live forever with God. And then you got to take care of it forever where we're all having a blast. But anyhow, so. <laughs> so I said, God, you know better than me. <laughs> I'd like, be lugging little Bella around. Everybody else is doing this, that, and the other. And I got this little soulish dog that can't die because of my prayer. Anyhow, so <laughs> just saying. Just know God's smarter than us. But this thing, out of all time, Think about it now, all time, who knows? I mean, trillions and zillions and whatever. For, I can't even understand it. All of a sudden he goes, ooh, let's do this. And they're like, whoa. You know, we did the spirits things here. We've already thrown Lucifer down because they rebelled and there was nowhere, they can't be around us. They're out of here. And God's like, let's do this. And let's make them our image, our likeness. They can have kids. They'll, they'll represent us. It's going to be so cool. But they've got to want to be a part of this. They've got to want to be a part of this. They want to be family. And if they want to be family, then they accept the blood of Christ. They'll say yes, and we will send our own spirit into them. And they'll be born. They'll be a new creation. They'll be divine. If we would all understand how divine we were, you would quit worrying about your soulish problems and your flesh problems, and you would start getting in the spirit, okay? There's no devil big enough to keep you out of the spirit realm because you already are made in the image of God with the spirit, and you need to kick some devil butt who's lying to you. And he thought, I'm going to make them spirit beings, but they're going to have free will choice. We're not going to make them serve us. We're not going to make them. And so that's the whole, y'all know the whole thing, but think about that. And all the time, I mean, when there was no time, and forever, he decided, whew, let's do this. 
for however many, it's going to be minimum amount of years compared to forever. The forever before and the forever, right? Think, come on, we're all kidding ourselves if we think this is going to be boring hanging out with a God forever who does this kind of thing. Right? Aren't people so dumb thinking they're partying and they're nasty music and their filthy stuff is so cool people I'm going to hang out with a God who's going to do really extremely cool things forever it was nothing for God to put that fourth chamber in that baby's heart but we had to believe it's nothing for God to make sure that your loved one knows that he's real now they have to choose but it's nothing. It's nothing for God to crucify your flesh, to give you a way to know him and crucify your flesh. We've got to get out of this thinking, this is all so hard. This is all so amazing. And we live forever with a powerful, awesome God. This is going to be, this is going to be, we're going to be like, like think about 8,000 years from now, we're going, man, can you believe what God just did? Can you believe that we're involved in this now? Can you imagine? And it's going to be so sad for all the people we didn't share the gospel with, for all the people we made it look like rules and regulations, for all the people who went to hell because only the, it's a remnant that find God. We, we are the most privileged. Your sin's not worth it. Just letting you know. Sleeping around's not worth it. Drinking, getting drunk is not worth it. Doing drugs is not worth it. Cussing and having outbursts of it. It's not worth it. That's why repentance is real. Repentance is when you know, you know what? It's not worth it. If you never find another wife here on this planet, so what? You need to let go of all that and go after a relationship with God. And that's for ladies. It's all about a relationship with God. That's going to be forever. See, Satan wants to put you in this little tiny thing. Oh, I got to get this now. I got to bake this now. I got to be this now. God's like, do you want to live for that? Or do you want to live forever in the kingdom of God that's going to be amazing? I don't, you're, if you're sitting now worried about, well, you know, we live so poor in this and that. Well, it's okay because in the kingdom, I'm going to have streets of gold if I care about that. I'm going to have the most beautiful scenery forever. I'm going to have every need met. Or even now, if I get free enough to quit being so bitter and blaming everybody, I can still walk in all God's provisions and blessings. But can't we start thinking about the reality of forever? Can we also start thinking we want to get our family into the reality of forever? So we ought to have such a heart to rescue people that we want to live forever with us. And we've got to get free enough to yield to God to how do I do that? And he'll teach us and he'll show us by changing us. Most people who know you close, the Bible says, will be one without a word. And as God makes our light brighter and brighter, as the world gets darker and darker, people get to pick. If you want to pick that, then that's fine. He's not going to make you not pick it. At the same time, it's kind of sad when we don't reveal his light. It's kind of sad when they can't tell the difference. But God's going to bring forth this bride. So when you spend time with the Lord, don't see how much you can get through fast. 
I would rather you spend t- ask God to teach you and take a scripture like that. Look at it in every translation if you've got the, on. You cannot do better than Esau. I'm telling you, for Christmas, get a tablet. Really pray. Ask God. Get a tablet or your phones if you like those little tiny reading. Where you can download eSword or one of, and get every translation. So in five seconds, you can sit there and really look at the difference. you see what I'm saying? Like, that's real. That's like, that's like, let me see it like this. When I, when I was first trying to impress John Foster, that's my husband for those who are watching. I mean, I got, I, I would put on, back then I didn't dress that well, but the best I knew how I'd dress up, I'd put some makeup on, I try to be all, I don't know. Anyway, I thought about him all the time. He doesn't talk much, but we still sit on the phone. I talked to him all night till he fell asleep because we were, I was, at, I was at Radford. He was at Tech. But I thought about him all the time. God's requiring that of us. That's what I'm saying. Think of a relationship that you really enjoy. And then you make time for it. I really <clears throat> enjoy my relationship with my sister, Donna. The, the good, the bad, the ugly. Both ways. <laughs> but we just enjoy talking to each other, hanging out with each other. We just enjoy, I mean, we just enjoy it. She can't go shopping that much right now. So if I go in the store, I videotape things and go, you like this? Do you see this? So if she, Ron, if you come home and she wants you to go somewhere, it's probably my fault. But no. <laughs> but I'm just saying, it's just like you're just cool with being with them. And you want that for every relationship, but it does take two people who kind of want that for a relationship. You can do all that you can to try to have that relationship with other people who are important in your life, whether it's your children or your spouse um, other brothers and sisters, but, but tr- or parents, but if it's not a mutual, um, if there's not, hmm, just like the Lord says, if you draw near to me, I'll be there. Well, so if you're trying to have a relationship with a child and they're not interested in being there, then you just have to learn to pray and unconditionally love and go deeper in any place you've wounded and hurt them. Same thing with a spouse or something. But you always, always can depend on your first love, which is Jesus Christ. You always can depend on Jesus Christ. And he wants to stay in that position. I think the problem with a lot of the church, he never was their first love. And so most of it is religion and hidden knowledge and not a relationship. And the early church didn't, the early church knew how to do this right. So now it's a part of you getting that right. Ask, make Jesus my first love. I want him as my first love. I want to understand that. I want you to help that be real to me. See, I'm not reading this word so I can beat people up with it. Let me, let me repeat that. You're not reading this word so you can beat people up with it. You're not reading this word to be superior over other people. There's only one reason really to read this word. It's because you want to know the one who wrote it. And because you already know he's God, then you can already know he's right. So if I'm reading the word because I want to know my God, 
and I really want a relationship with him. And at first he calls, you know, he says, part of that relationship is he's my master, I'm a slave. In other words, that's kind of saying whatever he says, go. I want you to think about the master-slave thing, not the demonic, what the enemy does with it, but it kind of gives you the real picture of it. If you have a really horrible, horrible, uh, see, when Satan is your master, because it's either God or Satan, there is no in between. Either Satan is your master or God is your master. And if Satan is your master, he's going to make you do whatever he wants, whenever he wants, and it's going to be against you to hurt you. And if you try to rebel from it, he's going to put you in more bondage and really destroy you and bring you into delusion and everything else. When Jesus is your master, he is a master who everything he does is for you. Everything he does is to help you, to, to keep you safe, to help you grow strong, to give you good relationships, to make you uh, able to be who God created you to be because he's a good, good God. And so when he tells us in the word, if you love me, you obey me, he's saying when you understand that I'm, when you've made me Lord, you've made me Lord, you've made me your master, you get to pick, you got free will, but you said, okay, I'm making you my master, I'm making you Lord, then what he's saying with that is, now, this is going to be difficult for you if you weren't brought up uh, to really understand my word. This is going to be difficult for you if you've never been around really strong, strong Christians who really know God. This might be difficult for you because when you obey me, the world's going to tell you no. Why would you give that up? Why would you do that? So when I first seriously, I got saved at seven, but when I first seriously got so serious about knowing God, the first thing he required, I didn't drink, I didn't, I didn't do any of that stuff anyway. Didn't smoke, never did drugs, any of that stuff. I know it's because he lived in me. But when, when I first, the first thing he said, he had me give up uh, soap operas. Like General Hospital, back if you're my age, it was General Hospital, um, something with day in it. Anyway, <laughs> I didn't watch this world. So I watched the ones on the channel with General Hospital. I didn't want to get up and change the channel, but whatever it was, one, one, some one of them had day in days of our lives. Anyway, so anyway, those were the only two. I mean, you would work your college schedule around being in the dorm for them because they didn't have those recorders back then, and they didn't have where you could go any time and pollute yourself. You had to work your schedule around them. And then, even though I was saved and I was actually still going, we were going to church and all now, I would watch those, uh, those new nighttime ones like Dallas and that stuff. So don't ask me where I really came up with the name Mitchell. Was it really after John's father's airplane? I don't know. Anyhow, I do know. But now it's really about the airplane. And so when the Lord said, I don't want you watching this. And then your brain's going, well, you know, everybody, wa I'm not watching pornography. I'm not watching anything filthy. I'm not watching any of that. See, he doesn't want you arguing with him. And, and let me say, for those who are in blatant sinful stuff, stop it. You don't have to wait for him to tell you. He told you that the minute you seared your conscience not to listen. And you repent and you say, God, forgive me for being in something that's blatantly evil, that's blatantly taken me to hell. I don't care what society says. I don't care what 
how many percentage they say people are in that. It's a lie from the pit of hell. I am not going to be enslaved to Satan. He's not my master, and I break it off no matter what. And then you absolutely fast that you do whatever, but you refuse for the rest of your life to give in to it. Period. Period. Because Holy Spirit will not continue to strive with you forever. I really want us to get this concept when we're talking about relationships. Whatever I do, once I'm born again, whatever I do, I'm forcing Holy Spirit to be a part of it. And he is not going to be a part of you participating in perversion. And at some point, he's going to say, you've made your decision. Now, I think if you're still here, you haven't made that decision yet. If you're playing, how many know we don't play games here? How many know, kind of small, <laughs> but hey, we don't play games. Because it's not good. Um, it's going to be shocking how many people, especially men, if really 80% participate in pornography, are going to stand before the Lord and may be sent to hell. Away from me, you work iniquity. I don't know you. He doesn't say, unless it's pornography and you really couldn't help it because your whole culture's in it. No, he doesn't say that. And they're going to say, but Lord, didn't I, didn't I, didn't I? He goes, I don't know you. He's basically, I don't have a relationship with you. You continue to participate and follow Satan. I'm talking to other people things too. Okay, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't matter that the world think it works that way. It doesn't work that way. Now, God's faithful, and he, he might keep trying. You can, he may draw you back at any time, but you do not want to die in sin. But why do you want to live in sin? If you can have a relationship with God. That's so awesome, for real. So, so when he says, if you love me, you obey me. It automatically starts with the stuff that you know is sin. But then, as you keep walking with him, he's going to put his hand on little things like what we could gossip or saying that with the wrong heart attitude or, y'all know what, this, y'all know what I mean. If you don't know what I mean, then ask Holy Spirit to forgive you for not yielding to his work in making you holy. He is the Holy Spirit. And so, so the, but don't think that's all it is. Every time he convicts you of something and you hate it and let it go and ask God to get rid of it, you see what I'm saying? When that really happens, then really expect Holy Spirit to then take you closer to Christ. Because that's the whole idea of it. He's not getting this stuff out of you because he's so mad at you. He's getting this stuff out of you because he so loves you. He wants to be closer to you. So every time you see something leave, don't go in and come and get excited. Praise God. I'm not who, and, and you can look at scripture, that woman at the well. The Lord just sat there and told her everything about her life. All her sin, all her mess. She did not stroll out of there saying, she's like, oh, you must be a prophet. (laughs) (laughs) 
he had to be so genuine that she would sit and talk to someone who was basically telling her her story and kind of rebuking her in love to the whole place of believing him when he says he's the Messiah. How many would like to get to that kind of maturity in Christ? How many would like to get to the maturity in Christ where if you're sitting there talking to a blatant sinner, you're able to use that gift to help them to see their sin, but yet find Jesus? And then go tell everybody, you've got to come to this church. They tell me all the mess I'm in, all the things I did wrong. But I have an encounter with Jesus. See, that's what's coming. Not this self-righteous little party and not this mixture where the church is no different than the world. So, so when you're, how do you say? So when I'm getting in a re true relationship with Jesus, I'm really being led by the Holy Spirit, I'm really going there, he will show you the things that stand in the way of a deeper relationship. That's awesome. Thank him. Thank him. And ask him to help you to get free. Ask him to help you to see things rightly. There's no condemnation in him. If he's showing you something, he already knows you can be free from it. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. It's for freedom. It's for liberty he sets us free. If anyone in here has a child or a grandchild or whatever, and I guess you had to have a child to have a grandchild, <laughs> and you see them really bound to something, and you just not judging them or thinking they're going to hell or all this other stuff, but you're like, they would be so much happier if they didn't have that thing happening in their life. That anger, that wrong relationship, that use of alcohol, whatever it is. If they didn't have that wrong thing in their life, they would be so much happier. They could get so much closer to God. And then, and then when you tell them and they rejoice in that and get freer, the fruit of it is not self-righteous. The fruit of it, they get to be closer to God. Is this helping anybody? Because God has really, I believe he's just really given us the true Holy Spirit strategy for seeing our loved ones saved. I mean, we gotta get past the delusion. People aren't gonna be in heaven who are in blatant sin. And so just pretending that they're gonna be okay isn't the answer. The answer is strategically being led by God of how to get them saved. What are the hurt places? How do I heal those hurt places? Show me what they are. Have ears to hear. Have ears to hear. There, there's quite a few things when, when people are talking to me, family, whatever. I just, certain things, the Holy Spirit, not self-righteousness, the Holy Spirit has me pick up on like, don't say anything now, but now you can pray about this. Ah, see, this has nothing to do with what has already been delivered from. This has to do with something else. Let me show you how to do this. Let me show you how to pray. Maybe it's praying people into their lives. Um, maybe it's praying, um, you know, you know, he's amazing, people. Amen. He's amazing if we're doing it in love.
Can I say this? Does anybody believe, does everybody in here believe that God is big enough to save every one of your family members? Okay. You are, if you're the one praying, if you're the one praying, then you need the strategy from God of how to pray. Because how many know if it was just a matter of prayer, we'd all see the world a lot different than it is now. The key is, show me God. For show me me, show me any way in this that I have to be healed. Show me any way in this I need to have a change in my heart. Show me any way in this so that my prayers are, are pure. Not, not about me, but about the other person I'm praying for. Now, let me say this too. If you're praying because you don't think you could stand to be in heaven without that loved one there, that's not the right motive. Do you really want all our unsaved loved ones who are living for the devil to come and mess up heaven? <laughs> right? So our reason to pray for them to be there is because we love them and we want them to find God. And we want them to find freedom in God. I really believe when we get to heaven, the ones who blatantly choose that they don't want God, we will have understanding from heaven's perspective and we'll be able to let go. But it would be very sad if we could spend our time here, yielded to God to watch that change. And we've got to get rid of what is in our hearts. Why do I say that? Because we'd already see these prayers answered. It's very powerful when God says, win them without a word. He's not, he, he means, I'm going to change you so much that you won't have to try to talk them into salvation. They're going to recognize what's happened to mom, what's happened to dad. What's happened to my brother? What's happened to my sister? And they're all going to begin to want this real thing that you have. If you're seeing no household salvation, you need to stop and ask yourself, what in me am I not letting God change that will draw these people to Christ? And then let him show you. See, one thing with God that's pretty cool, but it's also because of free will. This is because of free will. You have to ask him. So all I'm doing today is helping you, if you choose to, how to ask God. See, prayer isn't you just tell God what you need. Prayer is a conversation with God. Even, even if you tell him what you're praying for, but he might show you in a video or me preaching this morning or something going on. Like, he's so creative. He'll keep, and if you really ask sincerely, it's going to be all in your face. Like you'll listen to some music and like, there it goes again and this and that. You know what I'm saying? Isn't he amazing? He's amazing how much he is the word. He's amazing how much he loves to communicate. He's never quiet. He's always trying to break through. And he loves to do it in all different kinds of ways because he just is creative. But then we know it's him. So I'm going to turn. Oh, you're here. So let's Karen and Jordan had some um, worship that they want to lead us into. I just, let's take this time during worship to really begin to talk to God. While they're singing and ministering, I want you to really talk to God.
And, and I don't want anything else. We're, we're actually going to have a time of just talking to God. Every person here during worship. And you can sing the songs if you sing them to God as part of your conversation. Does everybody get what I'm saying? Uh, we want to we enter into what he had us learn this morning. Okay? And that means if you want to sit there and read your Bible while we're doing worship, because you're talking to God, that's fine. Not on your cell phone, on Facebook or something, but you know what I mean. <laughs> Sneaky nowadays. But if you want to do that, fine. Then you don't have to do any of this. Some of you, I just, I just hear this kind of conversation. I, I remember when I read Good Morning Holy Spirit, I had this kind of conversation. That book really changed my life. And your conversation as we go into worship might be, Hi, Holy Spirit, um... You, you can talk to him in your head. He actually reads thoughts. Satan doesn't, but God does. Hello, Holy Spirit. I really do want to get to know you more. So I'm excited about this relationship we're going to build. Now, if you love this teaching, and you better say you love this teaching, then we want you to check out our web at beautyforashes.org. There is so much teaching there, and there's a resource uh, library there. And also, check out my Facebook page at Cindy Foster, Beauty for Ashes Ministry. We'd love you to partner with us and come along for the ride into the apostolic. God bless you.